At least I'll know that someone's in the driveway. I'll just see the shadow of Josh flexing. So did those guys really name their app after a meme? Huh? Buckle up, fellow kids. It's time for Founder Quest. So how's it going? Oh, pretty good. Good. It's our, this is our first fireside chat with the two of us, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. So you ready for Christmas? Yeah, I think so. How about the kids? Are they ready for Christmas? Oh, yeah, they're ready for Christmas. Everyone's been a little bit cooped up because of the, um, you know, the winter weather, but I don't think we're going to get any uh, relief there. No, I uh, saw that they had this, like, what is it called? The Pineapple Express, this uh, weather pattern that we have where this big uh, stream of moisture comes from Hawaii into the Pacific Northwest. And that's what we're doing right now. We got this big rain storm coming in. I was looking at the visuals from Cliff Mass blog. There was this, just like the, Moisture was indicated like with colors, right? Like it usually see on a, on the forecast, and like it was deeply red, like all the way from Hawaii to the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> the end of it, like as it approached the U.S. coast, looked kind of like a fist, and so people are calling it the Hawaiian Punch. Hawaiian Punch. That's that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that's... we had a a road get shut down near us because all the rain caused the soil to get unstable, and so there's a oh wow little bit of a Many landslide, I guess, what happened and some trees fell down and... Ouch. And Hawaiian Punch, that's kind of like a weather reporter's dream, isn't it? Like... Yeah, basically. <laughs> getting a, a name like that, you can say. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for Christmas. It's not going to be any snow, but that's okay. It'll still be fun. Oh, it's follow-up though. Like a couple weeks ago, I think it was just... I think it was just Star and I who were having the chat. I don't think you were there for this one. We were talking about the Christmas lights. Yeah. No, no, I was there. Oh, you were there? Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I broke down and I bought some Christmas lights for the outside of my house. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> so nice. now I have one string of lights draped over my garage door. <laughs> yeah. That's what I usually have, except I didn't put them out this year yet because I was waiting for my garage door to go in. <laughs> right. And so now, yeah, Kaylin's kind of, Kaylin and the kids are kind of bummed that they're not up. So I might put them up this weekend just because it's not, it doesn't look like it's going to be here. So totally. yeah, throw them up for a little while anyway. It is fun, like Sara said, to see them when you're coming home. Get that holiday cheer. Yeah, yeah, it does. It kind of changes the atmosphere for sure. I thought we could talk for a second about a work-related thing. Yeah. Just because I think people are going to be getting this. I mean, this episode is going to go out next week, which is like the, a couple of days before New Year's. And so I thought, you know, I, we could, well, at least I could share a New Year's re- re- resolution which I normally don't do because usually if you share your resolutions, they don't happen, but I'm just going to like throw caution to the wind here. I think I posted this in chat before, but my, one of my resolutions is uh, not to wait on a CI unnecessarily. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, we got to do the star thing though. What, what is CI, Josh? So CI is continuous integration, but there's a bunch of services that do this for you. It's like an automation feature that lets it runs, uh, you know, runs build steps on your software. Basically, every time you push into your code repository, like github.com or whatever. Yeah. So we, we have a, we have a bunch of tests, test code for our database, for our application and, and the CI service runs all those tests for you and let you know if they passed or failed. Right. Exactly. Yes. And we have being around for a while, the Badger's getting up there in age. We have a lot of code repositories laying around now that we, uh, that we have to maintain. A lot of those happen to belong to me. They all have CI. They all have test suites that are running on every code push. That's fine. We've used a bunch of different services in the past, but I think we've been using like Travis and Circle for the most part. 
normally it's fine. Like if I push, you know, push code and I'm not doing like a ton of changes or I'm not working on a ton of repositories at once. But lately we've been using Dependabot, which is another automation, like kind of a newer automation tool, which submits, it automatically submits dependency updates to your repositories. So it's a good way to keep like your dependencies up to date. So you're not like having to go and do like this massive upgrade of all your things at once. What it does is it it submits more granular, like it submits one pull request for each dependency that has a new version that's come out. On a lot of these repositories, a bunch of them anyway, are NPM packages. And as you know, NPM, super small, super low number of dependencies in an NPM project, like an average project, you know, like a hello world might have a couple hundred, a more like, you know, an actual project might have a couple thousand. I forget how many it is, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. Every time an NPM package that we're using gets updated, dependent bot submits a PR. When you want to go and merge all those things together, especially say like the other day I was doing this for like six repositories at once that each had like a bunch of Dependabot PRs open. So it's like every time you merge, it's like it's generating a new test run. Every time Dependabot opens a new PR, it's generating a new test run. Every time you merge one PR and then it makes Dependabot need to rebase all the other open PRs because it like changed, you know, it changed like a package lock file or something. And it needs to regenerate that for all the other open upgrades that are in process. Like, you know, 50 CI runs need to happen. Basically, like I was stuck in this hell of like waiting for CI to run just so I could merge these little tiny little PRs, you know. I was not too happy. I wasn't a happy camper. And the reason it was taking so long is that we didn't have very good concurrency for running all of our, for running all those builds, basically. So, so your resolution is to not wait on CI. So what's, what's my resolution is not to wait. Well, first of all, the projects that we're using Travis, it's not Travis's fault that it was taking so long. We're using their open source plan. So I can't complain about (laughs) Travis. (laughs) Thank you, Travis, uh, for giving us open source, whatever build time for so long. That's, it's awesome. But if you're maintaining a lot of projects, it's not great because if you, you know, it has limits on how much you can run at a time. One, I'm moving to somewhere where we actually are paying, like we can pay for more concurrency basically. And we can basically pay for as much as we need because we can afford it. And, you know, I think at this point, my time is probably more valuable <laughs> than waiting on CI runs. So I'm moving most things to GitHub Actions. That's kind of my answer because as I understand it, the GitHub Actions, you get a certain number of free is it minutes or something. And I'm pretty sure then you can just pay, you just pay for extra, like what, whatever you need. And uh, we also use Circle uh, for some things. And for a long time, they had some kind of, it was like a strange way they did concurrency. Like our plan didn't really, I don't think our plan like had a super, like it wasn't unlimited, like pay for as much as you need. But I'm pretty sure they just switched that model. So if we want to, we can also pay them more money to save us time. So the plan is we're going we're gonna to trade some money for time. Exactly. Yeah, I like that yes. plan. So that's my plan. My plan in uh, 2020 is to spend more money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, talking about CI, I you know have long wanted to just take some time and work with BuildKite. That's a, a CI service where you run the runners yourself and your own infrastructure. They run the coordinators, and then uh, you run the actual boxes that run all the tests. 
And I, I've wanted that because like you can decide how much you want to scale up, right? And you can just run the instances. And we already have a pretty awesome setup with Amazon for all of our hosting needs. So we could just use BuildKite. They have a CloudFormation stack you can just throw in there and it all, does it all. But I just didn't know that that was a good use of my time. <laughs> That's one of those, oh, it'd be fun to do, but it's really not worth it. You know, you can just like pay GitHub or pay Circle to do that for you. Right. Yeah. I remember back in the day, like trying to run my own Jenkins yeah. uh, server. And uh, that's no good. I don't recall that being a valuable trade off <laughs> or no, <yeah. laughs> a worthwhile trade off, <laughs> at least not, not in my size. <laughs> yeah, I ran, I ran Jenkins back in the day. And yeah, that's not something I would choose to do again. That's like choosing yeah. to run your own email server. Like, <laughs> right. yeah, that's just a world full of pain. You don't need that. Right. Yeah. But it's, it is interesting, like, all this stuff is getting it's getting easier, progressively easier to run your own. There's definitely a trend that's moving, that's still moving in that direction for certain use cases. Whereas like even doing email things, it's, it's easier than it used to be, you know, at least using like other services or Amazon's got what's, what's their email service, SES for- Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely see that being a, a trend over the next couple of years with the compliance stuff that's been happening with GDPR and CCPA having control over where that data goes. Like, I mean, CI isn't as important in our case because that's just code. That's not any of our customers' data involved in that. But things like email and, you know, search, uh, all those places where that customer data ends up or has to go through, like all of a sudden it's much more important now. Like who is touching that data? And can you verify that those companies are actually operating in a secure way? Because if someone wants to audit you, they're going to ask you who your vendors are, right? And so in, in that case, it makes sense not to use some fly-by-night service to do your CI. You want to use someone that's got a good, you know, SOC 2 story or, or whatever. Yeah, and being able to have, or, you know, for the more paranoid among us to run all those services yourself, right? So like BuildKite, that's probably a good thing for them to sell, right? You can, you can have all that stuff running on your own services. Yeah, and for those, those services that allow you to do that, like the easier... The easier they get, the more attractive it is to to be able to do that. Because I, at least from my perspective, if I know that at some point I'm going to be dealing with with like privacy regulation things, like if I can build it with something that doesn't require me to think about that at all in the future, like why wouldn't I? If it's if it's relatively the same cost, so we'll see. That's always the trade off, right? You know, if you want to run it yourself, then you have to administer it yourself. But that's one thing I think is is nice about the the rise of serverless, right? Is that you can just outsource all that you can quote self-host it you know but let amazon actually handle the hosting for you and it's in your amazon account yeah you're like offloading all of that risk and and all of the stuff that the headache to the platform which is designed basically just to give you a compliant way to run your own email server or whatever right yeah so i think software developers you know entrepreneurs in 2020 2020 might want to look at some of those popular SaaS services that are out there that are hosting a bunch of data and uh, make, me, make a self-hosted option. Yeah, but for CI, at least we won't, we won't have no. to think about no. that. We're not like running our tests against like live test, like a, a database clone of a production, I, I assume. Right. No, no, we're not. <laughs> I'm reading, uh, you know, the Unicorn Project right now, which is the, the follow-up to the Phoenix Project. It's like, you know, about super, you know, archaic enterprise company has to switch to a uh, like all cloud services and, uh, and modern, you know, modern tech stack and everything with like, you know, teams, hundreds of people into different teams and things. But yeah, the reading that makes me 
re recall all the weird things people do <laughs> <laughs> out there. You know, it just, just that brief intro that you gave just now makes me so glad that we're in a cloud native company. You know, <laughs> we don't have any of, any of that uh, baggage to deal with. Yeah. Uh, have you, have you started the, that book yet, by the way? I, I haven't yet. No, the Phoenix project okay. was great. I loved it. And so, yeah, unicorn projects definitely on my list, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. I thought the book was like a kind of like a sequel or actually what I thought the book was when I first saw it come, come out was I assumed it was like the Phoenix project, which kind of focuses on the more on the heavily on the operations. It's about DevOps. The, the Phoenix project is basically about how to implement DevOps in a large old school organization, but it focuses a little bit more on the ops side of things. So I assumed that the, the Unicorn Project would do the same thing, but for the dev side of the picture, what, what it actually is, is um, the, the Unicorn Project is written more for developers. So it's written for like the developer in the large enterprise organization. And it's specifically like, how can those people move their companies in the right direction into the direction basically of the Phoenix Project? Whereas the Phoenix project was like, how do you implement DevOps in the enterprise or why should the enterprise even care, basically? I thought that was an interesting dichotomy, I guess. Anyway, yeah, recommend it. Definitely on the list. Yeah, I think I might uh, spend some time getting some caught up on some reading over the, our Christmas vacation. Yeah, same. Yeah, I've been having fun on my side projects this month so far and i Got pulled into a few, you know, Honey Badger actual actual work things, but I've gotten a lot done. But I'm also feeling the uh, need to take to also rest a little bit this month. So I think I'm going to force myself to set, you know, set everything aside for probably for the rest of the, the month coming up pretty soon here. Maybe starting next week. <laughs> Maybe starting. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've been liking our side project month. It's been going really well. Yeah. I've spent more time on non-side projects uh, than I had planned. So I didn't, haven't had a lot of side project time. But at the same time, I've taken a look at like some of the systems that we have and I guess moving up some of the squeaky wheels, you know, and uh, that's, that's been fun because I've been playing with new, I've been playing with serverless. So that's, that's always a fun thing. But I think it's a valid use of side project time is to take a look at stuff that is, is working fine, but I would like it to work a little differently, you know, just polish that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the idea of just taking time off to work on what you would work on if you didn't have any kind of responsibility or pressure to do anything. Like, what would you do? I wish that we could just do that all the time, you know, and maybe maybe take time off occasionally to do actually do like stuff that we're forced to do. <laughs> all right. But, <laughs> yeah. Maybe in the new year, we can talk about how we could uh, make this a little more regular kind of thing. Maybe instead of just one month a year, maybe we can do one week a quarter or, or something. I don't know. I like, you know, I love the story that of Basecamp and how it was built, you know, on, on Fridays, basically, right? There was a, they spent a few hours every week and just built that up. And I like, I like having the distraction. I like, you know, side projects in general are fun, right? Whether they're work or not. I think if we could kind of schedule that into our system a bit, then that would help keep things fresh. You know, so yeah, yeah that'd about be that. cool. Any other 2020 plans yet, or do you have any resolutions? <laughs> you know, I don't typically make resolutions. I try to build good habits and then stick to those habits, like uh, you know, exercising. Like one few years ago, I decided like I'm going to start doing it, and so just doing that three times a week as a minimum, right? That's that's that was my the habit that I've now been doing for several years. So I agree, it's all about habits. Yeah, I mean, uh, resolutions. I don't know. They kind of 
get talked up a lot and then kind of get forgotten, right? So, well, yeah, that's why I said, like, I think that resolutions, like, that's why I said resolutions, like, I think I'm a fan of them, but I keep them private. Like, I don't usually share them just because it's like, it's a personal motivating thing. And, And that way, like, it's fun if you actually do accomplish something that you had set out to do, then you can like brag about it later or something like say, look, I actually did it. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you can't like, it's uh, setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. One, one thing I found that works for me, aside from habits, is I, I journal. So I try to keep a journal on a regular basis, you know, maybe once a week and just, you know, write down things that are going on basically. What I've done is I put a sticky note in the front of that journal that has like five or six things that I just want to work on, like self-improvement kind of stuff, right? So at least, you know, every two weeks, I'm seeing this little sticky note of things. I'm like, oh yeah, I want to work on that. And so it's a good reminder to, to do those things. So that, that, that's worked out pretty well because I can kind of reflect on that and say, how am I doing on, on those things? And it's been good. But yeah, I don't, I like, yeah, like you said, I don't, I don't share those publicly because like, yeah, I don't need to admit all my <laughs> failures to people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been really weird like this past few weeks maybe it's because we've been working on non-critical things but i felt like really motivated to work exceedingly motivated to work for the past two weeks i felt the same thing yeah it's kind of weird <laughs> so now i'm going into this christmas uh, vacation that we plan i'm like i don't really want to take a vacation right now because like i'm really motivated to work so this may be a problem with starting, like starting the side project work before the vacation or, you know, before you're going to take the time off. Cause then you're like, you really want to work on this stuff. Cause it's been, you've been having fun. Maybe we had it right last year where we did the, <laughs> did the work after the vacation. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, we could always make up our minds to just go ahead and do some more side work after our vacation. Or we could just decide to take January off. <laughs> 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 just to, you know, take the, take the vacation. There you go. we'll just work through christmas yeah yeah well one thing i think i've decided not to do over the break is i'm I'm pretty sure i'm not going to upgrade the database this time i was (laughs) no i was really planning on it but in part of the side project work i did find a little snag we have a a test instance of postgres 11 running and uh, as i was working with some data there i found a minor snag that could impact our production system if we went ahead and did that upgrade. So I probably will not pull the trigger on upgrading to Postgres 12 over Christmas. That's a good call. I don't think anyone wants to get like notification, Honey Badger notifications or not get Honey Badger. Yeah, I don't know what's worse, like <laughs> not getting the ones that you should be getting or, or getting the ones that you shouldn't be getting. That, that reminds me of that. We had, that, uh, we had a PagerDuty customer support request come in the other day about our PagerDuty integration that was like, hey, like we're having this, it's kind of like this, it's like an edge case, like use case kind of issue, but it's something that might result, we might change in the future or we might like, you know, tweak it to make it work a little bit better for that person. But it's like, do we want to make drastic changes to the data that we send to PagerDuty like right before, like on the week of Christmas? (laughs) (laughs) Like... (laughs) Survey says no. Yeah. (laughs) No, we don't. Don't worry, everyone. Uh, I think Honey Badger is just going <laughs> to, it's a feature freeze time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like those yeah. e-commerce shops that don't do any deployments, you know, the week before Thanksgiving. Right. right? Yeah. Like holiday time is our. We try to keep things pretty static. Stated, yeah. Static and stable and running smoothly. So, so 2020 resolution though, I think uh, one thing I'll definitely do is more serverless for sure. 
I'm really enjoying it. Like having the discrete bits of functionality that are independent of anything else. It's like, oh, you want to do some other transformation to that data that you already have? Okay, fine. Just throw it on the Kinesis stream and set up another consumer, you know, and, and have a Lambda running that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's some really cool, cool stuff. I think there's lots of opportunity to pull out stuff, parts of the pipeline, like we've been talking about. And I, I want to learn more about that too. Yeah, maybe we'll do that big rewrite like one step at a time, right? <laughs> the, uh, yeah, at least the processing rewrite or whatever, right. the pipeline rewrite. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 12 months from now, I'll be looking back, we're like, oh, yeah, over the year, we changed our whole pipeline. Now we have V2. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I'd be totally happy. Like, I don't think we need to rewrite anything like in our actual Rails app. It's just the parts of the Rails app that, are, that maybe shouldn't be in there anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd like to learn more about serverless in 2020. Yeah. So uh, as part of my side project month, though, I've been playing with Vue, learning Vue. Like, uh, uh, maybe I'm late to the party. I'm not a big fan of, you know, front-end frameworks and stuff, but... This is a, yeah, v VUE, the, uh, yeah, the uh, client-side framework. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, there's something, you know, as I've been doing more serverless, right, it seems like all the cool kids like to have their, their single-page app in front of their you know, serverless backend, right? And so... I've been playing with that and it's been fun. Like I like how easy it is to get into Vue. Like you can get started pretty easily with an existing page or an existing app. It just feels lighter than React. Maybe that's just, I don't know, some personal prejudice or something, but it seems I've heard fun that too, so I far. think. It's cool. Yeah, I haven't I haven't really compared them personally, like I've you know, but from what I've heard, yeah. So what I did though is I bought a uh, Udemy course on Vue. I remember last year when we did the uh, the hackathon, we bought the Udemy course about Elixir. And I thought, well, you know, let's go buy a course on Vue. And so I got one and it's, it's pretty good. But now I'm thinking like maybe every year we ought to have just like a Christmas giveaway at Honey Badger where it's just Udemy credit, right? So like all the employees can just spend the Christmas break learning new stuff. Or maybe that's just me because I'd like to learn stuff. I don't know. I've continued to get a couple. I've got a couple Udemy courses since last December. And I'm currently going through uh, one on photography, just to kind of brush up on my on my photography skills. So yeah, that's been cool. And it's nice. I like it's it's also fun not having like something that you're learning that's like not, you know, tech, you know, it's more, it's a, it's a different type of learning. So yeah, you know, about like, re back to resolutions, I, I last January ish, I bought a, uh, a Udemy course on drawing. So I can improve my drawing oh, skills. Cool. Haven't watched it yet. Have it. Well, <laughs> yeah, you still have Christmas. it though. So you I can, do still have it. So, so maybe over the Christmas break, I'll, I'll learn how to draw. I bought the, uh, the AWS developer certification course oh, yeah? <laughs> on Udemy. I don't know if it's current. It's, it was for 2019, like November, 2019. So now I might have to get the updated version if I'm going to, if I'm going to actually do it next year, but we'll see. That's something I might still try to do. I did one of those. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, you and Star uh, both did. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're supposed to renew those once a year. So I think it's actually time for oh, us really? to renew if we're, we're going to do that. Yeah. But do you have to do the test when you renew or is it just like... I think so. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yearly, a yearly Amazon AWS exam. I'll have to go double check on that. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was fun. And, you know, it's kind of like feel like you're back in school, you know? Yeah, it would be and weird. Cramming and testing. It'll be like the first test I've had in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about our Thanksgiving dinners last time. Now it's time to talk about our Christmas dinner. So, know, like what what we had for Christmas dinner, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, right. Yeah. This is launching after Christmas. So, in yeah. the Curtis the Curtis family, we do the same thing for Christmas that we do for Thanksgiving. So just nice. go back to that. <laughs> just do the turkey. turkey. 
Turkey and sides. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We've done that before. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of that, as you know. I like, I like turkey <laughs> like dinner. So yeah, Did I you do. You got that turkey um, that you had? No, I still got them and the, I still got the two extras in the freezer. So we'll, we'll right. probably, I think we're going to do one sometime in like January or February or something. And then, uh, yeah, who knows where, when the other bird will. Yeah, we're, I think this Christmas we're doing, a, we're going to do a ham, go like traditional ham, ham dinner. I do like the ham. Yeah. That's what we yeah. do for Easter. That's our Easter one. It's always Easter. Ham. Easter yep. ham. Nice. Cool. So is there anything that you really want Santa to have under the tree for you on Christmas morning? I don't think so. I'm really bad. Like I just buy things that I want usually. Like if it's something that I decided that I'm going to buy, like I don't, I'm not like usually quick to buy things, but once I decide I'm going to do it, I don't see the point in like, like waiting. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and especially since it's like, you know, if it's uh you know, we don't, it's a little different. You're, you know, when you're married and it's like, you know, the, it's, it's all the same bank account. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. We do, we usually do, a, you know, we don't do like huge, huge presents usually, but we do, you know, stockings and, and small things and yeah. occasionally like a, a surprise larger item or something that you didn't really think about, you know, think of. What about I, you? I'm hoping for a raspberry pie under the tree. Raspberry the, pie. The latest generation. Yeah. I, I wanted to build a, uh, a little box to have pie hole on it. Okay. So I can, and, yeah, that's and cool. you know, strip all those ads from that nasty internet. Yeah. That's, and you know, I've just to have a fun little box that, to yeah. play with. You'll have to let me know uh, how that works for like, if you get it installed and everything. Yeah. I've heard they're pretty cool. It's yeah, like, we'll it's, that's like the, the ad blocker that you install on your entire network, right? Yep. Yeah. Basically you just change the DNS to point to it. And so, you know, it just, it just routes all ad requests to DevNull. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. We'll see if nice. I've been nice this year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I think we're wrapping up here. I had a thought though, that if our wonderful listeners wanted to get us a belated Christmas present or holiday present, I think the best thing that they could do for us is to go to iTunes or I don't know what other platforms have like uh, have reviews or ratings. I don't know if Overcast does, but yeah, at least if you're on iTunes, go to the Founder Quest podcast and give us a, uh, a nice review and, or a rating and or review. I think that would be, I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. If you want a little Christmas cheer, in addition to the, the, uh, gift to us, you can also tweet about the podcast to all your friends. Yeah. Let them know to listen that to. would be great on a honey badger IO. We've got a, uh, the honey badger is looking pretty festive right now too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, let's check I don't that know out. if you went and checked it out, but We'll probably leave his, uh, his uh, Santa hat on. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it up through new, the new year just so nice. people have a chance to check it out. And then uh, if you're listening to this like 10 years from now, it'll probably, unless it's in December, it'll probably be a regular old honey badger. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so, good. Cool. Well, Merry Christmas, Josh. Yeah, Merry Christmas and, uh, and Happy, Happy New, new year. year. ThunderQuest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360-degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word. You can access our huge back catalog or sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive VIP content. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.